episode 160. It's a nice even number. It is a nice even number. Of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Jill. Hello, Adam. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm excited. Me too. We haven't done one of these in a while. No, we have not done one of these in a while. I can't even think of the last one that we did something like this for. Just one I think it was ALA Orlando. Oh, yeah, we were like, we have nothing to talk about, so this is what we're going to do. Okay. Yeah, really good point. All right, so do you want to tell everyone what we're doing? Sure. So we are talking Harry Potter. Yeah, we are. Yes, we are. Why are we doing that? So um, this week, the illustrated version of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban was released, which, you know, if you haven't seen the illustrated versions, they're so fun. Um, Overdrive does not have the illustrated version. We, of course, have the regular version right in multiple languages um but we don't have the illustrated but we do have the uh library the new the hogwarts library collection yeah so these just came out uh in september and they are a collection of different books including the latest updated version of fantastic beasts and where to find them uh quidditch through the ages and a updated version of the tales of beetle the bard uh, with an introduction and illustrations by J.K. Rowling, which I think was really cool. Um, so those are all available on Overdrive. Um, but we talked about the fact, despite the uh, illustrated versions not being on Overdrive, they were a really big part of my life, actually. Um, I have the first two. I got the first one the day it came out, uh, The Philosopher's Stone, Sorcerer's Stone, whichever way you want to say it. Uh, and then the same thing with um, the second one, Harry Chamber Potter and the Secrets. Chamber of Secrets. Jesus. Fail. Um, yeah. But, um, no, these, obviously the Harry Potter, we've talked ad nauseum how much Harry Potter means to both of us and talked about how I have a Harry Potter tattoo and all that good jazz. Um, to, to borrow something from another podcast where they ask people what books they always gift people. In the last couple of years since these books came out, these are the books that I've actually gifted the most to other people, whether they're nieces and nephews, siblings, friends, um, they're really cool. They're incredible. All the illustrations are by Jim Kay, who is doing yeoman's work to illustrate. It's incredible. So the first two, they're not short books, but they're not, you know, this is kind of the first one where it really gets a lot longer. Like, I think Prisoner of Azkaban is over 400 pages. Um, if I, maybe. Yeah. And these are some things I should have looked up ahead of time. But my point is, like, on the fly, we're just making this yeah. all up as we go along. But Jim K illustrates like not every page is illustrated, but every page has illustrations on it. Whether it's just like in the little corner, but then there's some you'll open up a page and one of the images I saw in this one is Buckbeak the hippogriff. He's literally laying on Hagrid's bed, and like it's the whole page is an illustration, and it's a work of art. Like, and it's just one of 400 pages of this book. So. We're going to talk about The Prisoner of Azkaban. Um, we won't talk about the illustrations because, A, um, we are recording this on the day the title came out, and we both had to work today, so I don't own the book yet, so I don't know a lot about the illustrations. But The uh, Prisoner of Azkaban is, especially for me, a super important book, so I we want to kind of go in and talk about oh, why yes. it matters to us. Yeah. You looked like you were looking up stuff. I it um, The paperback edition, at least... Is 448 pages. I don't know how different that is from the original hardback, but... I'm going to give myself credit for it first. I know. I'm... Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I have... 
some things I want to touch on. I made notes for myself for this because if you're a listener of this podcast, you know that I'm the one who rambles all the time. Um, But to me, this is the first book of the series that really gets dark, like kind of takes off the kid gloves, um, which I love because the first two had dark things in it. I mean, you learn that, you know, Harry's parents have died and all sorts of stuff, but this is the first one. There's like a whole bunch. Should we say spoiler alert for Harry Potter? By Probably. The way? I would just like spoiler alert, just in case. Yeah. Okay. Spoiler. If you haven't read Prisoner of Azkaban, or probably any of the Harry Potters, because we'll yeah. probably talk about some of them. But yeah. So if you haven't done that yet, but you've listened this far, thanks for downloading the podcast. But you can t- you can tune out till the next one. I yes. understand. Um. But yes. That all said, this is the first one to me. Like the first two were. The first one is very much a. a early young adult slash like it's basically it's kind of a children's book mm-hmm. um but this one gets really dark and i like that jk just basically is like this is the progression of my story here's what's going to happen so um i mean there's a lot of stuff that you see for the first time in this uh you spend the majority of the book with harry uh thinking he sees the grim mm-hmm. which turns out to be his godfather Sirius black <sighs> My most favorite character. He, okay. I love Sirius. So I actually have, I had a, a question that I wanted to ask you. <laughs> so Sirius Black is, he goes through so much. He does. But we also meet early on in this, we also meet Professor Lupin. We do. Who is the more tragic character to you? Um... Across all of the books? Sure. Because if it's across just this book, I think it's probably serious because... It is. I think if it's just across this book, it's probably serious. If it's across... Uh, that's a tough one. I know. I was very proud I'm of this almost, question. I almost want to lean towards Lupin, but I don't... Because I feel... There's... A lot that they both go through. So, like the. Fir- I mean, this book in particular, there's both a lot they go through, and of course, mm-hmm. like Lupin's. I mean, well, both of them, series in book five, and then Lupin in book seven. But um, this one, I think, you know, for Lupin, he has, um, you know, he lives in a world where he basically has this like horrible disease mm-hmm. with no cure. And he just has, he mean, there's, there's no cure, but there's ways he can manage it. Right. Um, and he's had it for most of his life and he's like an outcast and, mm-hmm. um, there's just something I think more tragic about that to me. And I think because it affects him later on in the books with his relationships in a way that serious stuff doesn't. Right. And not only with the relationships that he forms later on in the series, but like, I've actually spent a lot of time thinking about this scene, which is weird to do, but when they're on the train and he's sleeping mm-hmm. and he wakes up and the first thing he does is basically like protect the kids from a Dementor. Right. He wakes up and sees a guy that he literally says looks just like his father and his father was one of his best friends, which mm-hmm. was Harry Potter's dad. That, like, the emotion he had to have just gone through, again, I'm, like, projecting onto a character into a book, but, like, just going through that scene where it's, like, he wakes up, 
and he deals with a Dementor and then sees this kid who he knows who it is and he looks just like his father and I, I mean Lupin probably hasn't seen Harry Potter since he was a baby probably and just I, I don't know like that is so sad to me and then like the Dementors in general like this is the first book that they're introduced yes and they're like the the definition of sadness well like, yeah I mean that's she has said that yeah. they're built around the concept of depression right and it just there's so much in there and then like there's the like impending doom they do um i'm already bouncing around but that's okay the um divination classes oh i love the divination classes trelawney is so fun in like a total spacey way like you all had that teacher or like substitute who reminded you of trelawney yeah 100 percent. but the whole time like even though they are like spacey and they're fun kind of like lighthearted scenes like She's constantly telling Harry he's going to die. Yeah. It's like, you're, you know, he sees the Grimm, which is the big black dog. He sees it in his tea leaves, and, like, she proceeds to spend the rest of the book freaking out anytime. Like, literally, he talks about how he starts getting good grades in the class because he just tells her that he's seeing in his own dreams, like, his impending deaths. I know. And it just, like, the there's so much darkness in this book some of it gets resolved at the end like we see buckbeak the hippogriff get put to death man that whole we're totally bouncing around but apologies um the 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 whole like every time i both read that scene i think the movie does it too but the whole time travel element of that just blows my mind because you read it one way and you think you know what's happening but then if you actually like after the time travel like the, the time turn and they fix it and then you go back and read it it's clear like it, yeah <laughs> i can't even describe I know, not, it i didn't mean to leave it at the like hanging out the drive there no you're no, absolutely no, no. right it's, i know but it's just i it blows my mind because the first time that you're like oh no this totally happened but then you actually if you actually like go back and read it again line by line knowing Depending on how you personally believe in time travel works, um, I think it can be read that he actually doesn't die because they were already there and they had, like, already fixed mm-hmm. it. But it's just, uh, oh, every yeah. time. Well, and, and honestly, <laughs> like, there's the thing that I'm always really impressed by about, like, trying to figure out the time travel aspect of this book is I think J.K. kind of, like, addresses the elephant in the room with that all time time travel being confusing when harry talks about creating his patronus which i'll talk about in a minute but at the end yes, of the book that's, yeah harry creates this incredible patronus which kind of defends himself or of i think there's like a hundred they say like a hundred dementors or something like and he says he's like i knew i could do it because i'd already done it and then that's like the line where, where i've read it a hundred times and i'm like no, but no, but he's right though. He's right, but it I'm confused. No, like, see, I totally. I'm like, oh yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, this is how our brains work differently. <laughs> um, For me, I'm like, no, no, that makes perfect sense. But I feel like that's J.K. Rowling's way of addressing, like, yeah, it's conf- time travel is wonky. So here you go. This is my explanation for it. But yeah, just like, there's so much. I, I mean, you, you go to when they're in the Shrieking Shack at the end and 
you know, you finally see who Sirius Black is. Even then, it's like he's fighting with this like crazed mental state that he's been put mm-hmm. in. I don't know. There's just a lot of darkness in the whole book. Um, but something else that I that I think is really prevalent, not for the first time because you see it a lot in the previous two books too, but I think friendship is a massive thing throughout the whole book. So like on one hand, there's obviously Harry, Ron, and Hermione, but then you see all of these different versions. Like the the one of the biggest things I think I've seen this meme that talks about how Fred and George are actually Harry's best friends. Oh yeah, and they you, are. No, yeah, I think in a lot of it, ways there are. Yeah, they literally. So something that Ron's brothers, Fred and George, they do is when Harry isn't allowed to go to Hogsmeade, and he like wants to get there so bad, they give him the Marauders map, which ends up being just a massive piece of the whole series, and it's something where it enables them for the last think they're in their fifth year at this point i think yeah i think so because yeah. i think in book seven or book five wait yeah book five i think they're in their sixth year i think because they're not in they're not in school in the seventh book right my point is anyway yeah sorry we just like both stood off in the space and tangent my point is like they've spent the last four or five years using this map to basically like do whatever they want around the school and like at the drop of a hat they just give it to Harry. Like, this is a mass, like, the most important thing that they could possibly own at that yeah. time. And they're just like, yeah, here you go. No problem. And, like, so there, there's that aspect of them, like, just literally doing anything for them. And then um, something that you see later on is when you learn about Lupin being a werewolf, you learn about him when he was in school and his three closest friends literally spending years teaching themselves how to turn into animals so that they could all turn into animals with him every single month. Like, There's just so much friendship that goes in. And then there's also like Ron and Hermione fighting over scabbers and Firebolt like the whole time. You see like the two different sides of friendship in this. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I, I don't know. That was, that part, the, the, like I said, the, the animaji thing seeing like oh my god they literally did extra studying and and all this stuff to learn how to turn themselves into something so that you know their best friend wouldn't kill them yeah exactly yeah so <laughs> i mean you learn later that peter pettigrew is a, a horrible person yeah well and him being a rat is just spot on that obviously nice job jk yeah. she's not usually very subtle with that kind of stuff but like james potter and sirius and peter they all turn themselves into animals just so he doesn't have to be alone. So um, there's a bunch of scenes I wanted to touch on and just kind of get your thoughts on it. Um, Hermione punching Malfoy. Still one of the best. Yeah. Because it's like the first time she, I mean, she breaks rules constantly, which is hilarious, but. She does. That's the first time she's. Like they, I mean, they make Polyjuice Potion in the second one. Like she yeah. has to do a whole bunch of illegal stuff to do that. But I mean, she literally punches Malfoy straight in the face. He de- he deserves it. Whatever. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite part of this book? Um, I. 
I just love the whole concept of time travel and like just anything. So mm-hmm. I think everything where they go back with the time turner. Um, I do like when, you know, for a very brief moment in time, Harry thinks that he can go live with Sirius. Oh, it's so heartbreaking. <laughs> when it ends up not happening, of course. Yeah. Because Sirius has to go on the run. Because um, <laughs> Peter's still a rat. But yeah, I think just, you know, because when you read it the first time, I thought that was, you know, you're like, yeah. great. Harry doesn't have to go back to the Dursleys. Right. <laughs> He's going to have a whole new family, an awesome life with Sirius. Yeah. I, and then. Well, and that is like, that sets up, again, we're just doing spoilers for the whole series, but like that sets up another like, heartbreaking situation when before Sirius does die, like Harry thinks he is going to go live with him. Right. And then like for that fleeting moment, it's like. No, you're you're not gonna get to have even a nice thing even at the end of book five. Yeah. Um, to work for it. I uh, also I would say this book introduces the most famous spell in the Harry Potter world is which is the Patronus. Like I was trying to think, like, is there a more important or like more like well received and like jokingly used um (laughs) i had a friend who was actually watching the harry potter movies just over the weekend i mean she's read the book she's seen them before but she's now watching them through very different eyes with a lot of stuff that's going on and and she got so mad about um in the first one how hermione takes the fall for uh the uh for when the troll gets in Mm -hmm. and hermione takes the fall for what happens and uh she goes (laughs) She goes, hashtag, Avada Kedavra, the patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, no, probably Patronus. <laughs> yeah. Well, and my reason, yeah, I mean, I was thinking, that's really funny. <laughs> I was thinking about this because it's like, yes, the killing curse is the, you know, the most deadly and everything. But like, you think to all of like the BuzzFeed listicles and everyone going on Potter more like, there's so many things that are like, take this quiz and we'll tell you what your Patronus is. Do you remember what yours, did you ever do the Pottermore thing to find out what your Patronus was, by the way? I did, and it was something really dumb, and I was super mad. Um, yeah, mine too. I can't, it was something, no, I don't remember. Maybe I'll look it up. I was a white crane. See, that's not that bad. Mine, I think, was a rat. It was a rat on, um, I think, and people, I was like super mad about it, and people were like, Friends of mine said, you know, rats are actually really smart and mm-hmm. very clever. And I was like, all right, whatever. But <laughs> yeah, my, well, like, but I was not happy. Yeah. Let me see if I can log in and find it. <laughs> yeah. I, mine was, I was a bird. I was a bird. It was a white crane, which is fine. But like, I want to, you saw all these like cool, like otter or like panther or like, I guess I wanted to be one of a giant, a giant cat, which is ironic since I'm a dog person. But, um, but no, I, you, in a book that's all about, in my mind, it's a rat. Least, Mine was a rat. Yours yeah. was a rat. Mm-hmm. Was this, is it like a white rat or a black rat? No, just a rat. Just rat. It's oh. <laughs> funny to me. <laughs> um, but in a book that's all about darkness and like depression and things, there's two things that really stick out to me. One is Harry learning how to combat all that with Patronus, like you know, understanding mm-hmm. that there is a way that he, you know literally a defining moment of this series him learning the fact like patronuses can defend you against 
so many things and it is a basically just a depiction of your happiness and like the love you've experienced in your life it's pretty crazy to me it's awesome um and then like along the lines of the patronus my favorite quote from this is um happiness can be found even in the darkest times if only one remembers to turn on the light um we have that by at least one of our light switches in our house yeah it. um but it's just like it's almost like she knew like hey yeah this is the darkest book i've written so far so here's just a reminder i think it's also interesting that i think this is the only one where voldemort is not the villain or the threat i meant to bring that up it's he's literally i mean he's like mentioned but he's not he's not you know i mean chamber seekers is a memory of him is tom riddle but that's still him so yeah um yeah this one you th- i mean it's serious that you know of and mm-hmm. this crazed murderer yeah, which is allegedly cr- out yeah. to kill Harry. Well, that's the thing. Like, when, like, you're talking about knowing after the fact, the mm-hmm. time turn, and everything. Like, once you really know after the fact, like, there's no villain in this particular, mm-hmm. you know, because, like, you would think, oh, well, it's serious. And then you learn that he's not bad. And then, like, it's not Lupin. He can't control himself. And it's like, oh, well, it's Snape. It's not Snape. It's- I mean, Peter's the closest, but even then, yeah, he doesn't. He In this particular book, he is not a threat. He just. Yeah. You know. I saw something that talked about the fact that when Harry decides in the Shrieking Shack to let him live, it shows his... Jill's shaking her head, and that's exactly the point I was going to get to. It shows his like, goodness as a person, and someone mentions, like, and it's it shows that he was right in the end because uh, Peter gets his comeuppance as Wormtail uh, because at the end, in the last book, he's killed by his own hand. Um, no, if he would have just killed him then, Peter could never help with, you know, bringing Voldemort back in the first place. Just the I think circuit. in some ways that's Harry's fatal flaw. He just, I think he, in, in some ways, is just too trusting of people. And Oh, he, yeah. I mean, like, I get it. People make this whole big deal about, you know, he how he keeps using, you know, the 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 wand to like get you know Voldemort's wand away from him because it worked in the fourth books you know mm-hmm. that's like the only spell he can remember <laughs> they and they literally that becomes like is like it, that becomes his thing isn't it in the sixth it's the well, sixth he, I think it's in the sixth book it's in the seventh book for sure because oh no wait no, no you're the right sixth it's, no 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 I think you're right it's be, I think it's the beginning of um, well, at the beginning of book seven yeah. when they come and rescue him and they all take the polyjuice potion he and, does it again I'm gonna be like learn a different spell like learn a different spell like you are dealing with Voldemort like what are you doing that's yeah. not I get it. do you really think he's not going to kill you because he's using the killing curse again too I don't know what you think he's doing yeah I... do you just like not like <laughs> Can I, there's something else I want to point out as well so in the movie and I'm, we will probably get messages that I'm wrong about this but if I remember correctly, in the movie when they're in the Shrieking Shack and Snape surprises them, I think Harry is the one, again, in the movie who, like, knocks Snape out cold. I don't remember. Okay, I think in the movie it's him. I cannot remember in the book who it is. But my point is, Snape tells him in Half-Blood Prince, I believe it is, basically, like, he... Is like you have to be able to use spells without using your words, 
and he just he can't disarm Snape at all. It's right at the very I think the very end of Half Blood Prince, but he knocks him out when he's a far less talented wizard, unless I'm wrong. In the in the Shrieking Shack, he like knocks Snape out cold. Um, I think. I'm looking it up in the book and yeah, trying to. This is good podcasting. I know. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> Um, While you're doing that, I will talk. I have a little rant about the Shrieking Shack. So, Ron hurts his leg. That's right. I may have done this this rant before. Um, Ron hurts his leg, and they take him into the Shrieking Shack, and they say that his leg is broken. And he is in there a long time with a broken leg. And... We know Lupin is good. We know Sirius is good. And neither of them bother to, like, splint his leg or, like, fix the bone. Ron's got gangrene at this point. <laughs> uh, poor Ron. He uh, he always ends up with, well, aside from, uh, you know, when Harry lost, broke his bones in the second book and um, Gilderoy Lockhart screwed it up. But, like, Ron ends up the one, like, vomiting all the... Um, Worms are not the worms, but the slugs. slugs. Yeah, because this wand is broken. Um, Harry's the one who disarms and knocks Snape out in the book. Okay, that's bananas. Unless like Snape with the le- same one, like ex- you know, I can never pronounce it. Expelliarmus. Yeah, Expelliarmus. That's like his only spell. His only spell. <laughs> and literally in Half Blood Prince, Snape is just like basically parrying all of his things away, and he's like, "You gotta be, you gotta learn how to do this without words." I don't think Ron, Harry actually ever does. Well, do. I think it seems like both Ron and Hermione had tried to disarm Snape at exactly the same moment as them. So I think it was the three of them All together, right. maybe. Well, maybe. Okay, that's justification. Again, I. It just always bothered me where I'm like, well, first off, Ron is sitting there, probably bleeding out, and no one seems to care. Magic. And then Lupin, after, like, they all agree, like, oh, we're all good people now, then Lupin kind of fixes his leg, and he's like, well, you have to forgive me, I'm not a great doctor, but he, he still, like, resets the bones. Uh, do that, like, first, show them that you're a good, and I get it, it's to set up, like, the, anyway. I think what I like about, you know, she plays the long game with some of these things, because we get introduced to the Wombing Willow in book two. With the car. Yeah. We have no knowledge of. We're just like, oh, there's just this weird magical tree. Mm-hmm. That's totally normal. <laughs> yeah. I, I know. Yeah. I guess that's fine. That's just that's what it is. What it is. Um, also, we haven't talked at all about Crookshanks, Hermione's cat. Crookshanks. Being like, being on the up and up, knowing that uh, Peter Pettigrew is scabbers. But sadly, Crookshanks is still just a cat and can't really communicate that. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but I'm saying, like, how it always impressed me. Like, I kept waiting for Crookshanks to be. I know, because you think, yeah, but nope. Nope, Kirk just Shanks, a really just smart a cat. cat. Just a really smart cat. Um, we haven't even talked about Dumbledore at all, which, you know, he's talked about enough. You don't need to always talk about him. Um, are there other Plus, things? Plus, I feel like. Go ahead. I think one of the like the books, Dumbledore, not really the best headmaster, but <laughs> no, they okay in the movies they make him out to be better than he is in the books. He's terrible in the books, and I feel like this is one where like it, it kind of. I always sort of wonder why the adults don't just tell Harry 
more about more his life. About yeah. his life. And you know, you know, Ron's dad, all he does is like, don't if he comes after you, don't go near him <laughs> without giving any context. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It, I mean, I get to some level they're trying to protect him, and so he's what? He's like thirteen, but he's thirteen. Uh, but he's already been. He's already. You, you already know. There's already one great big scary guy trying to kill him. Like, what? yeah. There's, I don't know. I know them refusing to give him, and that's a theme throughout all of the books. Is especially with Dumbledore. Dumbledore yeah. is the worst. He's the worst. He's just kind of the worst in general. Like. Crazy, powerful wizard and, and wonderful in that aspect, but like so many things that, yeah, he's the worst. <laughs> not really, but sometimes he, he's not the worst, but he is just not a great headmaster. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, are there, is there stuff in here that you wanted to talk about about the book in general? I don't know. No, we covered a lot. Yeah, I will say there's a lot of things, um, a lot of quotes that have made it onto many things in our house. Um, my sister's, my sister-in-law's bachelorette party. Uh, my wife made them all bags to kind of carry around their stuff that she bought for them all, and they say, "I solemnly swear I'm up to no good." That's very cute. Yes, it's very very cute. Um, there is also obviously with the the Marauders map. There's the whole mischief managed. You'll see that on a lot of different places. Um, but yeah, I I love this book. This book for uh, up until um, Half Blood Prince was my favorite. Yeah, I mostly because of Sirius. I just love Sirius, I even know. though for seventy five percent of the book you think he's a bad guy, but again. I me, so that's not entirely surprising. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Captain Slytherin over here. No, not just that, but just villains in general. Mm-hmm. Love me some villains, but um, I mean, when we went, we went to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter about two years ago, and um, we uh, you know, there's like lots of shops you can buy stuff from, and they have a, a Nocturne Alley um part of it and there's a, a Borgen and Burks which is all the dark mark stuff and all the is that where you got your dark mark stuff. Um, earrings no actually those I had before but um <laughs> obviously fun fact uh no we were just like looking and um they have a you know you see that picture it's from the movie but it's um Sirius Black with his holding his like Azkaban prisoner oh, yeah, yeah, or whatever yeah. like the mug shot um on a mug <laughs> that's fantastic <laughs> <my> favorite <laughs> it is the Nocturne Alley in, uh, in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, if you ever get a chance to go, it is, first off, it's literally exactly how it is in the book. Like, it's not it's not labeled at all. No, you just sort of are like, what's down this hallway? I yeah. mean, and it's dark and like, or I think, I mean, they, I think they have the sign, but if you're not looking for it, you don't know. And I think Borgen and Burks is really the only thing that's back there, but we walked back there and of course, it's me and the rest of my family and friends who are not as into it but i it was like my own private disney world back there awesome (laughs) it is really really awesome and i swear and it killed me because we kind of walk in and and i am wearing i had wear my dark mark earrings that day um for harry potter world and we walk in and one of the uh store clerks comes up and he's like oh hello and then i think he sees my earrings he's like oh hello welcome (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. 
welcome please you can buy everything that's here <laughs> um my favorite memory of when the second time i went to the wizarding world of harry potter i went uh, my wife and i went with my parents and i think i've talked about my mom a fair amount of times on the podcast but um she was a third grade teacher for almost 40 years third and fourth grade and um, she would read her class, the first Harry Potter, every single year from when it came out until she went, when she retired. So she's a, she's a massive Harry Potter fan as well. My dad has read the books. He he likes the movies, but like he's nowhere near on the level that my my mom and I are. So we go and um, my mom like seeing like this childlike grin on my mom's face throughout the whole time was amazing. But when we were in Nocturne Alley, there's this one part where they have. Um, the snake, maybe it's just outside of Nocturne Alley, but they have the snake from the first book that Harry talks to and he like escapes out of the zoo. They have that snake. It's like animatronic and it'll move around when you're right by it. And I have a picture, maybe I'll post it on our social media. I have a picture of my dad looking at this snake with like the grin of a five-year-old <laughs> kid who had candy for the first time. It's I'm gonna say it. It's adorable. It's hilariously adorable, and him not being like, I thought it was a smart man, but him not being able to understand that it's just animatronics, right? And making the snake yeah. actually talk to him. So, um, but yeah, I these books are super important to obviously both of us, and um, again, the, this is one of the rare times where we will tell you, go purchase these if you are a fan of Harry Potter. The the ar- artwork by by Jim K is just. It's mind-blowing that he's able to create a whole book's worth of content in a year. I doubt they'll be able to keep coming out with these every single year. It just oh, feels maybe like, not every single year. But... It just feels like Order of the Phoenix and Half-Blood Prince and then Deathly Hallows. Like, yeah. That's going to be a tall task, so um, enjoy this one. The other ones, I'm sure, will all come out. Also, I saw a video of him talking about the illustrations today. He's super young. Like, he looks like he's in his, like, 30s. I was like, oh, you're crazy like, that's talented. Adorable. What's that? You're like, that's adorable. Exactly. I'm like, oh, man. Good for you, super talented <laughs> guy. Um, but, yeah, you can get the Hogwarts Library Collection on Overdrive. That is available from us. Um, these books you can buy literally anywhere. Go to Pottermore. Go to your local bookstore. Sure, they're on Amazon. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to talk about? We did a good job of ranting so. for 35 no, minutes. I don't think so. I wanted to put um, the soundtrack music at the beginning of this, and I literally, I did, guys, I did like 15 minutes of fair fair use research. This, yeah, no, this morning, I and I so. couldn't swing it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I couldn't. It was, it doesn't. Fall. I could have told you that. I know, but I was. <laughs> I listened to a different podcast recently where they used music. Sure. And, you probably but can. They t- well, they, no, because they literally, the guy talks about fair uh, fair use, but they use it in like a small snippet and then they talk about why that music's important. I just wanted to use it as an intro, but. No, that's not, not going to work. It. So. not going to work. Anyway. All right. Well, um, hope you guys enjoyed this. Uh, we'll, you know, let us know if you want to hear us do more of these types of things. There's not many books that we would do this for, but, you know, we did the, the it episode which got pretty good feedback and then then this as well so let us know if there are books that you want us to kind of dive into anything else cool all right well i hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the professional book nerds podcast readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from overdrive.com and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace 
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.